With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Won't you stand in your greatness? Good morning and welcome to the Nurtured Heart Approach August podcast. I'm Catherine Stafford here in Washington State. I'm a licensed clinical social worker in private practice and a Nurtured Heart Approach advanced trainer, counselor, and author. I'm always eager to join my co-host and friend Howard Glasser, who I believe today is joining us from Sacramento. Howard is the creator of the Nurtured Heart Approach. He is the chairman of the Children's Success Foundation, and here he is. Good morning, Howie. Hi, Catherine. It's so good to join you, and I am in, in Sacramento and I'm doing some things very relevant to today's discussion, so I'm excited. Can you tell us a little bit about that? A little nutshell, or well, is it yeah, I've had the uh, I've I've had the um, honor of being at some um, very um, interesting meetings, even one at the Senate, the State Senate, um, led by uh, a senator who is a big fan and um and one of the attendees was his senior policy advisor uh wow. uh Dr. Louis Vismara who started the Mind Institute which I now know is world famous and as a a hub of both research and um treatments uh, innovative interventions and Dr. Vismara and I Vismara and I uh, have had uh, several opportunities now to chat, and um, and he's actually proposed some mutual research. So wow. we're in the we're at you know in a point of discovery, and I'm going to have a a meeting out there and a tour of that facility on Monday, and I couldn't be more excited. And I'm actually going to share this podcast with him. That is incredible. And it's one more time where I think I want to say, you know, did you ever in your wildest dreams imagine that you would be doing what you're doing right now? That's uh, incredible. Not in this particular way. I, I have wow. envisioned getting the Nobel Peace Prize, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't know what it was going to look like. So um, uh, I'm very excited. Yes, I I am tickled when when um, – anything like this and i do know that when this comes to the forefront and i'm tickled that uh you all are already actively working in the realm of helping children on the spectrum um okay. i i kind of suspected that was relevant back when i had a clinical practice i had a very limited number of kids um, who came my way just because of how funding flowed, and uh, but I had this very strong sense that you know we could uplift these children. They deserve to be uplifted. They deserve mm-hmm. to know how great they are. So I know I'm on a panel of the experts. So I want to hear what you all have to say today. Right. I am going to introduce our amazing panel. Before we get into that, I would like to thank listeners joining us live and anyone listening later to the archive broadcast. We really appreciate your time and your interest in this topic, and we hope that this show really inspires you. So like you just said, Howie, our topic today is Nurtured Heart Approach and Autism, Changing Perspectives. I'm beyond thrilled with this particular topic. This is my love. We have a wonderful panel of guests, and I think the only challenge is going to be kind of managing our time with all of their expertise. (laughs) Our first guest is Nancy Kling. Nancy is a certified advanced trainer of the Nurtured Heart Approach. She's been teaching it to teachers and parents for the past 10 years. She's worked with children with challenging behaviors for over 20 years. She's author and illustrator of a book, The Cup Kid, Parenting a Child with Meltdowns, and I'm a Cup Kid, The Workbook, which is wonderful. Nancy works in school districts as a consultant. She provides staff development and consultations. She's busy presenting. Uh, She provides consultations around her state and beyond, and she presents at conferences on autism and behavioral challenges. Good morning, Nancy. Good morning, Catherine. Hi, Hallie. 
Hi there. So good to have you. Thanks for joining us today, Nancy. I'm so excited. Our next guest is Dima Stout. Dima has established her private coaching practice and consultation practice in 2004. She provides individuals with neurodevelopmental differences such as ADHD and autism spectrum disorders support to achieve the quality of life that she believes that they deserve and they want. Dima is a professional certified coach. She's a certified advanced trainer of the Nurtured Heart Approach. The approach is the foundation of everything she does supporting families, students, and teachers. Good morning, Dima. Good morning. Nice to be with you. Thanks for joining us. And our third panel guest is Mickey O'Brien. Mickey is another Seattle-based autism special needs and education consultant. She's a certified advanced trainer or a trainer of the Nurtured Heart Approach. Mickey works in special education. She has a focus on students on the autism spectrum. She co-founded Autism Palooza, which focuses on creating fun places that are inclusive of all people and to raise awareness of the unique perspectives and insights of people on the spectrum. Mickey has incorporated Nurtured Heart into her work with parents, schools, and organizations wanting to better understand and support um, and be inclusive of people on the spectrum. Good morning, Mickey. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Mickey. And Catherine, would you say a word about your particular personal interest and professional interest in, in autism? Because I, I know you're going to be a participant in this discussion, too. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm, I'm like pretty much everybody on our panel. I have a private practice, and probably 75% of the families who come through my door present because of, quote, challenging behaviors, and many of them are autistic or have Asperger's. And so my love is just teaching my family's Nurture Heart Approach as their foundation um, and also really the idea of how do we help these kids. Like you mentioned, how we just feel that internalized sense of self and the greatness that's mm-hmm. in them, which so mm-hmm. often, you know, mm-hmm. life doesn't kind of afford them easily. So um, mm-hmm. we all share that passion in our work, and I'm excited to talk about, you know, I guess all of you have been doing this work for a time before you learned about Nurture Heart Approach. So maybe we could start there. Maybe we could start with listeners hearing about how each of you have integrated Nurture Heart Approach philosophy into your work since you were all successfully supporting families before you even learned about it. And Nancy, I know you've been doing this for years and years and years, so I'm not even sure you can think back to when you didn't have Nurture Heart Approach in your world. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yes, I can. I um, have been behavior specialist with school districts, and I cannot count the number of behavior plans that I have made for kids, some quite successful, some not so, but the huge change with me and still doing consultation work with schools is now I'm looking to see where that energy flow is going. Because most of the time when kids are having behavior problems, if you can change the energy flow and really start reflecting the student's success back to them and not I call it fertilizing. I tell parents and teachers, your energy is fertilizer, and what you put it on is going to grow. So when Mm -hmm. we quit fertilizing the misbehavior and start fertilizing the children's successes, that's going to change the behavior. And so the behavior plans that I write now are very different than what I wrote 10 years ago, very different. Mm -hmm. And, of course, any consultations I have with parents as well, we're looking looking at that energy level and that energy flow and what's getting the most attention, those kinds of things. Uh, as you all speak, I'd love to hear a particular success story related to um, this field, this realm, because I think our listeners would love to hear like how Nurtured Heart actually might be, um, you know, miracle grow for, you know, what, what's there for these kids to, to access in terms of their personal growth and success? I have a hot-off-the-press success story from yesterday. There's a school, a private school in the Houston area that I'm working with, and um, they had a student yesterday that wouldn't get out of the car. Now, this is a young man that's been going to that school for some time, so this is not a brand-new environment for him or anything, but um, wouldn't get out of the car. Finally, Mom got him out of the car. They physically helped him to get into the building. He laid on the floor and refused to get up. So I got the phone call, you know, what do we do? And I said, well, if you're sure it's behavioral situation, I would leave him there and watch for any sign of success. Anything he does that makes it look like he's thinking about getting up and going to class, acknowledge those things. Don't fertilize the misbehavior. It took several hours of that 
And it was to the point they decided they had to clean the room where he was lying on the floor. And so they brought the vacuum cleaner in and said, no, we need to get you to get up and, and go someplace else. We got the vacuum. He inchwormed his way to another place, um, refused to get up, but they stuck with it. They held to it. He, the last 30 minutes of his day, he was in his classroom um, this morning when he came to school. Mom drove up to the school. He got out. He walked into his classroom. Hmm. I think that's a direct result of him learning yesterday, we're all about your success. We are not going to fertilize your misbehavior. And I suspect they won't see that behavior with him again because he figured out yesterday that wasn't getting him what he wanted, and he was Mm. missing out on the successes of what was going on in his classroom. Mm. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing. I want to jump to Mickey if I could, because Mickey, I know you're kind of the newest to the approach within the group that we have on the on the panel here, and you know you've been doing this work for it sounds like quite some time, and I'm curious how you've how you felt the shift in yourself, in the families, in the students that you're working with now that you have nurture heart philosophy kind of within you. Um, I've really started focusing more on the adults. Um, mm-hmm. I used to think of uh, parents and other administrators and teachers and um, if it was a like a work situation, bosses, you know, I, I didn't think about them as much. And now I really talk directly to them and talk to them about their greatness and help them to see the greatness in the kids. I was already focusing on the kids' greatness and the Nurtured Heart approach gave me the language and the framework to do that in a more systematic and consistent way. But mm-hmm. now I'm, I just find myself so often teaching other adults and helping. Um, like I just had a friend that sent her um, <coughs> young man on the autism spectrum to a summer program, and I helped her prepave and work with what was going to happen at the at the summer camp because he's really, really high functioning and most people don't realize that he's on the autism spectrum and don't give him those extra supports that he needs. But if you just go in and set up the organization ahead of time for success, largely by focusing on their greatness, um, it really seems to work. And that's really different from what I was doing before. I was really focusing Mm -hmm. just on the kid. Mm -hmm. Mm. So has this... um are you saying that Nurture Art has given you a, 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 a way to convey to other adults how this all works and what, you, you know, the beauty you're able to see in kids and, and get across to kids? Have you seen parents or, and other adults take up on this cause? Absolutely. I, um, I have one uh, friend in particular who... Uh, has a five-year-old son on the autism spectrum who has completely changed. She she teaches in after-school programs about contemplative practices, and she's changed the way that she is with her son and with the kids that she works with, and I really think with herself. I mean, she said it. It's really changed her life, and mm-hmm. she's a huge fan. Mm-hmm. It's a Do different way of same? being mindful. It's kind of mm-hmm. being, I was telling somebody last night that it's kind of like being heartful. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Do you find in your coaching practice, Dima, I'm going to push it over to you for a second. Do you find the same is true for you? Your focus was more on the student, on the child, and now with Nurtured Heart, you realize that, you have to get that foundation piece with all the adults that are supporting that child in terms of, again, that phrase, how they show up in the moment, how they reflect and respond and support this child, the student. Well, re- well not exactly. My practice has almost always been working with parents. Okay. Um, but what I'm finding, what I find with most parents is their lives with their kiddos on the spectrum has been all about changing um, what they want their child to do, changing who the mm-hmm. child is. Mm-hmm. And it becomes a life of do this, do this, learn this, go to this therapist, go to this therapist. And the child is left kind of wondering, 
what in the world is wrong with me that right. I have to go to all these different people telling me what to do? Mm-hmm. And so what I've learned is mm-hmm. when I help parents recognize the greatness that their child has, the dynamic between that child and parent makes a huge shift. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, you know, how you ask for stories, I have um, a family with a 14-year-old son, and they'd been taking him um, lots of different therapy, but a lot to a psychiatrist. And he, they did; they were doing joint sessions, mom and son. And the mom cried through every appointment. And I got mm-hmm. a phone call from the psychiatrist and said, what have you done with this family? This was the <laughs> first time that the mom didn't cry through our entire session, and I was able to talk to her and see the relationship growing between her and her son. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that, I mean, that well, just gives me even saying it. Mm, it. Yeah, I could cry hearing that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it just makes me feel so warm for her. Um, oh, I know. And, and warm for um, the, you know, what the child is evidently receiving in terms of, uh, um, I think this is so relevant that these kids get trained. It, what's translated, the transmission, the energetic transmission underneath yes. all the words is that direction of, of uh, you know, uh, understandably, you know, acquire skills, you know, get this done, get this done, um, that conveys to the child something's wrong with you. And, right. and in getting across this, alternative message of here's all the things right with you. Here's all the things that you're already doing well that I want you to know how, how great that is. And, and, you know, how not great would it be if, if you were having a fit right now and so you're showing this beautiful control and power over your emotions and your emotions and, you know, having whatever message we send in that direction must I'm hoping just warm this child's heart and 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 mm-hmm. send a like more of a welcome to this planet. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I think it's a lot what Nancy said about the energy because there are a lot of probably people listening who have children who are more or less nonverbal, and yet mm-hmm. it isn't about the words per se that you're saying. It's about right. where the energy is flowing, and certain mm-hmm. children that are nonverbal mm-hmm. can be extremely sensitive to how yes. energy is flowing around them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and it's I, like, it must think, feel like neon signs. I think there's such a message to so many families that something's so broken when they get a diagnosis of autism. Mm-hmm. And, and just being told that your kid's not broken and that you're not broken, mm-hmm. just just that. I mean, I don't know how many families I've just it just seems like that one thing that you're hmm. perfect just the way you are and I can right. see your greatness yeah. has, has changed things yes I had a a student a family that I was working with last year and little boy is five and um, the parents were just so focused on all the things that were going wrong with him. He had a lot of um, physical issues as well as being on the autism spectrum, a lot of health issues, and they were just so beaten down and so worried all the time, anxious all the time about what was going on with him and what was going to happen. And um, they learned the nurtured heart approach from me, and I went to the school and taught the staff that was working with him the same thing. Mom and Dad's attitudes have just, change drastically mm-hmm. i mean they have they have such joy with this son now um it's okay that he's who he is and it was okay with them before but they were just so worried about it but mm-hmm. when they start really acknowledging his greatness and seeing his greatness and teaching him about his greatness they're enjoying him much more he still has issues he still has health problems he still has behavior problems but mm-hmm. now they feel like they have ways to work with him to teach him better and it's i mean they are all over the energy all over making sure that you know they're 
letting him know what he's doing well and, and being careful not to fertilize what he's not doing mm. well. And that's yeah, made a huge you know, difference in family. I want mm-hmm. to just put a little slightly additional words on what you're saying is, is what's conveyed to a child inadvertently when it's just, you know, um, the same old like day in and day out thing that could be, that could, where appreciation could fall through the cracks is, is when things go wrong and we get energized and the frustrated what's conveyed is you're, that's when you're meaningful to me. That's when you're valued, even though they don't feel that way. And, right. and when you have the words to express this appreciation for what's going right, what's going, you know, what you're, what you're appreciative of, then, um, then the child starts feeling meaningful and valued in in um, in in these uh, uplifting ways, and I do feel they are so sensitive to getting uplifted. And there are so many parents who don't have, who who care so deeply and don't have the resources. You know that, um, you know, Doctor Vismara was saying that you know he he now has a 21 year old who motivated him because of of his child's, you know, situation to begin this institute. Not everybody mm-hmm. could do that, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I, um, you know, the the average parent is just like stuck in what? Well, how on earth do I navigate this world? Mm-hmm. Catherine, do you want to tell your experience? Well, I love that you just said the average parent because I was thinking about that. And what I love about Nurture Heart Approach and how it has so profoundly impacted my work with families is that here's the tools for the average parent, right, to now be profoundly influential in their child's positivity in their life and creating successes in their in their portfolio and how they view themselves. And it doesn't have to be all of these therapists and experts and people that they're going to week after week, day after day, who are somehow influencing their child in a positive way. They're taking the reins of that. They're being the powerful ones. They're being the agent of change. It's kind of steeped in this incredibly powerful relationship. And nothing else gets you there. So there's, yes, there's great tools out there and yes, there's great therapies. But when you add this piece to it, suddenly a lot of those things can drop away and the kid yes. doesn't have to be in, in therapy five times a week and they're not running them back and forth all over town to all of these different appointments with the quote experts because now they have this heart-centered, you know, new lens of success of my child's not mm-hmm. broken. Let me look for the greatness. Let me speak to his heart. Let me stay in the moment. Let me energize and create these successes that of course with your, your stance, Howie, you know, support regulation and support looking for what the child needs in that moment to feel safe and secure and all those things. And, you know, that's when the beautiful stuff starts to happen. And so for me in my practice, you know, I've given up agenda. I've given up we're going to work on this whatever today. And it's just present in the moment and just kind of seeing where the moment takes me. And what I've learned is it's all about portfolio. My time with a child is all about building them up and helping them mm-hmm. to find themselves a new way. I have a new client who came in, and I don't think they'd mind me sharing. This kid did not want to come see me. He was pacing. He was agitated. He was negative. He was hurling all sorts of pretty snarky and nasty things my way, rightly so, right? And somehow I got him into a room together, and we were just kind of hanging out. And at one point I accused him of being, I think it was charming and delightful, and he was pacing, pacing, and he stopped dead in his <laughs> tracks. And he looked at me and I said, I don't think anybody's ever accused you of being charming and delightful. And he says, no one has ever used those words in relation to me. And I said, you know what, this is just the truth of what I'm seeing right now. And I, I'm at that moment, I'm thinking to myself, I got you. I got you because now you know I'm different than, you know, maybe everybody else who you've seen. I don't have an agenda. I'm not trying to manipulate you. I'm just seeing you in the truth of the moment and this is what I see. And now this you know, comes racing in my door. So Mm. it's so qualitatively different than I think anything else that's out there that could be beneficial and positive, but it doesn't speak to the heart of a child. Right. Do you want to, Catherine, please say no if you don't want to speak about this, but you've told me over the years about this child named Jack. Do you want to? (laughs) No, I can't talk about Jack. No, 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 no. You're confused again, my friend Howie, because Jack is my son, and Jack's not on the spectrum. He's not autistic. Oh, okay. we keep having this conversation. No, he's not. No, no, no. Oh, okay. I somehow I thought you had a um, somebody in your midst who was. Uh, I am confused. I'm so yeah, sorry. Yeah, that's okay. That. 
That's okay. But I, I love the story that you just told. That is, uh, that that just says so much about how how we could quickly access a thread of these kids' universe that right. allows them to see that that there are people who see them differently, and and yeah. that we can share this out in ways that help expand the number of people who see them differently, and who. Um, who could alter the relationship with these kids? Because I can't imagine how stuck some of these families get in terms of just that precious relationship. You know, that's what you right. want with a child. You have a child, right. and, and above all, you know, functioning or high functioning or low functioning, you wanna you wanna enjoy this child. Right. And, and what a gift! What you what you just mentioned is that staying in the moment. Mm-hmm. That is so crucial, and that is what is so meaningful to the child. I, I don't care what happened a minute ago. I'm looking mm-hmm. at right, right now. Right. And mm-hmm. right now, here is what I see. This is truth about you right mm-hmm. now. And right. that is so powerful for kids to hear when they don't have that in their life most of the time. Right. Nancy, right. I love hearing that fierce tone in your voice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a warrior, I, Howie. I, I am a warrior. <laughs> oh, you are good for you. Well, there's, there's, uh, there's, there, this is a, an upbeat side to the attorney training, isn't it? To, to be fierce. And and Catherine used the word accusation. I'm accusing you of. Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. I'd like to hear more stories and anything else anybody wants to contribute here. It's so beautiful. So I had a young man come to me. Oh, go ahead. No, that's okay. Okay, go me. I had a um, well. It was a family um, that came to me, and the young man uh, was getting ready to graduate from high school, and no one had ever explained to him um, what being high functioning on the autism spectrum was. And um, when I was able to actually explain it to him and to his mom, um, they completely understood it. And so then the next thing I taught them was reset. Mm-hmm. And, oh, my gosh, that I've just, now I use reset so much because that ability to self-regulate um, mm-hmm. and to and to actually, he would reset his mom, you know, so much. And it, it made mm-hmm. such a huge difference for him because he's this young man who wants to help and support his mom. And by having the tool of reset, it changed their entire relationship. Mm-hmm. Can you say more about that? Like how it, like how we, you know, like what, what the moments that led up to it, the moments that followed, so listeners know what you're talking about? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so we were talking about um, when this young man or his mom would get uh kind of bunged up when they would get really anxious or worried, um, have trouble communicating with each other, get ornery or mean with each other. And um, I said, well, you know, you can change that, right? You guys both look at you talking to me about this, and I pointed out their greatness. And and I said, there's a thing called reset. And so you can say, do you want to reset or... um, you, uh, you can ask for a reset. You can use a reset, uh, which is a chance to stop in the moment mm-hmm. and let go of the past and step back into your greatness in the present moment and go forward anew um, without having to make a big deal out of anything. And um, his mom, who worried so much, it made such a big difference for her that when she would start to worry, she said to have him say to her, Mom, it's okay, I'm good, you can reset. And then she could recognize his greatness, he could recognize her greatness, they could be back mm. in the present moment. And neither one of them mm. would get caught in that um, spiral of worry, which is you know mm-hmm. just another mm-hmm. form of fear, which can hold on so tightly and... It seems to me like a lot of parents feel like um, worrying 
is an important part of being a parent. Like it's part of their responsibility. Um, and it seems like letting go of that made such a huge difference for both of them to get back in their hearts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I, I love story, that. I talk Holly. about this that. Go ahead, Dima. Um, well, I have a family um, that approached me because they had a son on the spectrum who was very violent, um, so violent that he was in a self-contained classroom of one with a special education teacher, and that was his day. He was there alone all day long. Um, and soon after I started to work with the family, he had an episode where he ran into the school office and he sort of moved somewhat aside but in a way that was kind of threatening to her. He didn't hurt her, um, and he kind of wreaked destruction on the office. And the school response to um, that was to have him sit in a cubicle and write, I will follow the school rules all day long. So that was the point where I started with this family. Um, and by the time, within a very brief period of time, Rather than calling the dad when a problem happened at school, every day the special ed teacher, as he walked this kiddo to his, um, to his dad, who would walk there in a small town so they could walk to get him. Anyway, his job was to have three qualities of greatness that he noticed that child demonstrate during the day. And it changed, I mean, almost immediately, changed the dynamic between that child and teacher from one of, you know, sort of like, uh, jail keeper to one of collaboration and they started doing projects mm-hmm. together they made planters they beautified the school and within a couple months he was starting to be included in various t- uh, times during the day in classrooms and became mm-hmm. a real citizen of that school instead of mm-hmm. the kid that everybody ran away from and worried about mm-hmm. oh my goodness mm-hmm. you must be so gratified <laughs> with that I was so excited, and really, I didn't work with the family, I think, twice. I think they paid me twice. And then he was able to go on and take advantage of some therapies that he actually did need. His behavior had been so out of control that he couldn't do any therapy. Now Mm -hmm. he's in a a speech therapy group, in a small group, um, with a speech therapist I trained in the Nurtured Heart Approach, so the therapy comes from that perspective as well. And he's just thriving. He's an amazing Mm -hmm. kid. Mm -hmm. That's a beautiful story, Dima. Mm -hmm. Part of what I'm hearing both of you two talking about, and for me I love the reset. Reset equals regulation. Reset equals, you know, positivity. And reset, I like Lisa Bravo's phrase of bless and release. I teach that to kids too. You know, when you've reset, look at you now having such great self-control. Look at you now handling that frustration. You know, look at you now, whatever. And now the cool thing is about whatever just happened, we can bless and release. We can let it go, and we don't have to get stuck in that worry and that association of now we've got this strong memory tied to, you know, whatever just happened. And that's so liberating, I think, for kids too, to know that we're not holding on to it. You guys can let it go, and we can just move on from there. And so, Dima, you gave that, that family, that son, that boy, the tools to be able to let go of kind of what was, what used to be, and step yes. into this new trajectory of greatness, and that's such a profound thing to do, and it, it does make a change so quickly. Yeah, it is a it is something. I think I think these children in particular can grasp on to the truth of the moment. For some yes. reason, it's just feeling just so right as rain to that mind that yes. needs the structure of yes. of the truth of what is not just as you know like we need like the precision of a speed limit to to define us but you know the truth of the moment in the sense you just described is you were arguing you were mad you did your reset and now you're not arguing and that's the truth is you're still mad but you're not arguing kids I believe these children can exquisitely absorb the truth and um, and our delight in the truth, our cherishing of the truth. Of, right. Here's the victory in that truth. Here's the part I want to share with you that I'm so appreciative of right. that represents this truth. Well, and sometimes with the kids on the autism spectrum, they like facts. 
They mm-hmm. process facts. They're comfortable with facts. When we give them facts about their appropriate behavior, it makes sense to them. It goes right mm-hmm. in. They love it. It feels good. They like predictability. And when they know they yeah. can count on us to acknowledge their success, to reset them when they've made a mistake and that the reset isn't going to take any longer than it has to for them to get back to doing the right thing again. And then that kicks into their sense of justice. They have a very strong Mm. sense of justice. And so I messed up. I fixed it now. All is right with the world. I mean, it's 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 wonderful for these kids. That's just Mm -hmm. seconds. And Mm -hmm. I, I remember this, you know, of the very few kids I work with who fit this description, there was a Head Start kid who had a whole team vis-a-vis IEP, and the team was saying, well, you know, Alex can't be, you know, he can't be included in the, because we revised the the classroom rules, and we had the short time out now, and they were lobbying, well, he can't be included in that because he's an exception, you know, so it equated to, well, he's still allowed to do whatever he wants. And he does, and I I had to fight like an attorney, uh, mm-hmm. Nancy, um, and I won the right to experiment for one day. And in this one day, not only did the other kids love the new system of justice mm-hmm. that included Alex, but Alex loved it, and he didn't. Mm-hmm. Need, he began to see he didn't need to go to the trouble of acting out to get relationships. He could get plenty of excited relationships for when things were going right, and and that and the reset was doable. It was easy. He didn't have to pitch a fit because that's what everybody was afraid of that right. he would have a meltdown when he had a consequence. But this this form of it, we, he didn't even know he had the consequence. We were the ones saying, "Yay, you did your consequence. It's over. It's over." And now you're not now you're not knocking over things on people's desks. Thank you for that great decision you're making. You're doing it. It's your choice. It's your power, your wisdom. And it was just so fun to watch not only him turn around, but the classroom and the team. Yes. Right. Right. I'm sure you're affecting a lot of people out there, you guys. (laughs) Well, I keep thinking about how wonderful. (laughs) I keep thinking about how in special ed classrooms, um, with every, when you have many, many students in your classroom with an IEP, um, a lot of times you're literally tallying the behaviors that you don't want. And so I started adding to IEP reports and to the tallying sheets uh, qualities of greatness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's so amazing because then you can make a big deal. The kid knows that you're keeping track, right? Absolutely. And so then you can make a huge deal out of the qualities of greatness and that you're actually, look at, there's this giant sheet showing how so many, how every single person in our room is showing these qualities of greatness. Mm. Right. Right. I've done the same thing really- you talk to teachers about, you know, if you're going to put a kid's name on the board, put their name on the board for what they're doing well. Mm-hmm. Let's have a long yes. list of names on the board of things that mm-hmm. you know, and, and and the qualities of greatness that those kids are showing. You know, turn mm-hmm. all of that stuff around. If you're gonna send a note home to mom. Let's send a note home to mom about how well he did today. Mm-hmm. This child That's did well. Yeah. Uh, you know, the only thing yeah. I want to um, uh, add to that for our listeners is that um, the only dicey part for me is if. If the kid with the IP is the only kid getting this wonderful support, and and um, it sounds like you're all savvy to this, you know, I I lobby for every kid getting it in the class. Right. Absolutely. Otherwise, Absolutely. you don't want to alienate. You don't want to create any further alienation if if uh, you know if you know if the other kids are aware that this kid's being called out for his successes, and and they're just still on the measly old, uh, um, you know, archaic system of let's see what's wrong. Let's tally what's wrong. Absolutely. Howard, that's, cool. a, that's a selling point that I use when I'm talking to schools. If they've got a child that has, quote, behavior, 
a selling mm-hmm. point that I use with them on the nurtured heart approach is this is something we're not going to be doing a bunch of special things for this kid. Mm-hmm. You're going to need to be doing this for every kid in your classroom. And those kids that come in every day and do the right thing and don't even get spoken to sometimes, you're going to finally be able to give them some attention as well. And so that's a big selling point for teachers mm-hmm. because they really feel badly about the kids that are doing the right thing that they don't have time to do anything with. It's like, mm-hmm. no, absolutely, you do this with everybody. Right. right, right, and it gives the teachers um, a great degree of authenticity to be recognizing yeah. every child. It's like a weird fake thing if you're just noticing one child, but right. it's the whole atmosphere of the classroom and who they are as a class when the teacher uses this approach with everybody and becomes the approach. It's all about becoming the approach, not yes. technique per se, but who you are and where yeah. you use your energy. Mm-hmm. I'd really like to mention how, so it's really common um, for young people on the autism spectrum to be put into different kinds of life skills programs. And one of my goals is to make the center of any life skills program the nurtured heart approach. Because mm-hmm. for somebody on the autism spectrum, the nurtured heart approach is the greatest life skill they could have. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of conventional ideas about having good manners and how to behave and things don't make sense to a really rational mind. But the nurtured heart approach does, just like Howie was talking about earlier. It makes sense. And you can bring together kids that have all different kinds of abilities and so-called disabilities all different kinds of kids can work together with the nurtured heart approach, and everyone can shine, including uh, their that's teachers. That's an interesting variation of greatness, kids. I don't know if you heard that show, that podcast that we did. But it, so, is that what you're doing, Mickey? Because I'd like to give people a chance to do a plug for their, you know, I'd like people to know about Catherine's books and Nancy's books. And um, are you doing a life skills center? <laughs> I am actually just finally starting my business. It's called Aligned Education, and I'm mm-hmm. focusing on organizations, um, schools, after-school programs, and I'm including organizations um, that want to be more inclusive. So I have a friend right now who performed an autism palooza who is looking for work, and when she goes into job interviews, she's being misunderstood a lot. And I would love to help in that place in the world where organizations are interacting with individuals so that the organization and the individual can really shine. So I'm still defining it, um, Mm -hmm. but I am working as a consultant and a trainer um, about inclusivity. Beautiful. That's really exciting to me, and I love the inclusivity part. I have a 12-year-old who I saw or see, and a couple months ago he said to me, and he was a really wise question, why is it that it's, that's the person with autism that's supposed to change? Why is it that we have to think differently, you know, do yeah. things differently? Amen. He nailed it. He's spot Amen. on, right? And I, what you're talking about is how do we pull everybody together? How do we teach everybody these beautiful skills so we're all growing the best in each other and seeing the successes and greatness in each other? And you're right, and I love that that's your intention. Good for you. Thank you. Can we Kathy, take a minute? Do you want to I, mention I, your book? Well, I do, but I want, can I mention one thing, Howie, and I don't even know if you know how profound this is and how much the Nurture Heart Approach, in my mind, one of the things that I know many people talk about in the autism world is the idea of behaviors communication. You know, it's driven by emotion and how Nurture Heart Approach, when we have the tools as the adult, to go in there and see the emotion and reflect the emotion and create success around it, how the behaviors so often can kind of shift so quickly with mm-hmm. that profound foundation. So that to me is why one of the reasons why I think Nurture Heart Approach is the foundation when kids first get diagnosed, when they first go into a new program or whatever, is so profound in having the behaviors not show up because those three stands do create that the clarity about structure and and supporting regulation and supporting sensory preferences and keeping the adult energy just in the right direction. It's all there. That's such a beautiful platform, Howie. So I don't don't know if that was your intention for autism, but you kind of created that. (laughs) You created that. I have no idea how how, how, it wasn't on my map at all. But 
but Catherine, could you give an example, just like a sentence, what you might say to a child that conveys the emotional regulation that you're referring to? Just the idea of, you know, you, oh, my gosh, look at you. I can tell you're so disappointed that I told you it's time to go, and I can see you're mm-hmm. really having a good time and you don't want to leave, and look how powerful you're being right now. You know, mm-hmm. I, you know yeah. I love that you're taking care of yourself and you're climbing under the beanbag chair because, you know, that feels good to you right now, and what a great way to tune into yourself and, and you know, whatever, blah, 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 but not being reactive but proactively reflecting our understanding that behavior is just communication. And so when we come mm. at it from that direction and we know it's just an emotion that in that moment has kind of gotten too big or gone out of, you know, whatever, gone awry, how do we support that emotion? And Nurture Heart Approach gives you the tools to do that. It keeps us from being reactive. It helps us go in there and proactively support that emotion so that the kid can feel safe and secure and supported. And, you know, like the kiddo laying on the floor, you know, I love how you handled that. And also the kid perhaps needed to be on the floor for that day. I don't know. So that's a different way of going after it, too. Look at you knowing just what you need right now and taking care of yourself and giving yourself a chance to reset and reboot. Way to be wise versus reacting, you know. If I could just mention, I actually talked about that just a little bit in the in my film on YouTube. Is it okay to uh-huh. mention that? Um, yes. My film's called yes. Autism. It's called Autism, Love, and Learning, and it's on YouTube. It's um, the 41-minute long piece because there's other shorter pieces of it, and um, it's got my name attached to it, Mickey O'Brien. Um, and I mentioned Autism, the Nurture Heart Approach. Autism, Love, and Learning. Autism, Love, and Learning. Awesome. On YouTube, I would love yeah, and I to talk, look at I it. Yeah, I talk about behavior, behavior as communication. Mhm. Mhm. Thank you. Anybody else have anything that they really are just so compelled to talk about? We're down to the last couple of minutes, which is just painful for me to have to end this conversation, but we're <laughs> about ready to wrap up. Well, this is Dima. One of the things that came up as we were talking is. Um, thinking about parents whose children are newly diagnosed, and if the standard of care became teaching them the nurtured heart approach at the very beginning so that the relationship they have with their child is all about the gift of greatness that that child brings, it would change the the lifetime of kids with autism. I agree. Mm. And that would be a true statement for all kids. That's, I, right. I say Absolutely. when you know the yeah. hospital won't let you go home if you don't have a car seat. I think they should not let you go home until you've learned how to do the nurtured heart approach. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> we're expecting our first oh, baby in cool. November. Yeah, uh, Nancy, we're expecting I'm our stick to your story. What? Put that in a contract. If you're an attorney, put that in a contract. I'm, right. I'm, I'm all in on that statement. I love it. We, we, we're expecting our first grandbaby in November, and so I told my daughter, you know, I need to get all of your friends, because they've got a little group of friends that are all expecting or have little babies mm-hmm. or trying to have a little baby. We need to get all y'all together. We need to do the parenting class. You know, right. She's like, oh, that'd be great. We can do that when he's two. I'm like, No. We can no. do that now. You don't need right. two years of bad habits. Let's start that now. Right. <laughs> Baby shower training. That is great. That is great. No. No. Do that one. It sounds, it reminds me in, in kind of memory of Robin Williams and, and his incredible video on, uh, on golf. You know, he, he has this marvelous way of saying, no, when they're born. <laughs> Right. <laughs> That's perfect. Or before they're born. So you be habit when it gets there. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Well, I certainly couldn't believe, I couldn't agree with you all more. I mean, that's been my stand for a long time now is the idea this has to be the starting place. Wouldn't that be beautiful at the point of diagnosis or before if we can? The other thing I feel compelled to say, too, is, you know, my my goal is not to put everybody who's doing great work out of practice. Some of our kids really, really do need a great OT. Some of our artistic kids really, really do need a great speech and language pathologist. But the beautiful thing about this this foundation is everybody learns it. Everybody learns it, and everybody's energizing this child's success. Everybody's supporting this kid in a different way, and I agree. The trajectory, we don't know what the trajectory shift will be, but my guess is it would be profoundly different in a positive way. And kids who love who they are, you know, love who they are as they are, yeah, which is my goal. Thank you all so much for all that you're doing. I am just thrilled that you are all scattered around doing this work in such a profound and passionate way. It's exciting. And Howie, you, who would have thought, 
You'd be speaking about thought? this. I love how you say that every time. Who would have thought? I'm in awe. I am absolute awe of what you all are doing. And I am applauding from Sacramento. And uh, I hope this uh, word of what you're doing and the success you're having in this particular realm gets out around the world. Yeah. And it's easy. You know how you've created something that's really easy to do. It's not complicated. You don't have to go study for months and years and spend a ton of money. You just have to learn this new way of showing up, and the magic starts to happen. So that's that's mm-hmm. the gift of it, I think, is its ease of application and the truth of your heart. On that note, you want – I'm sorry. I just, I've got one quick sentence. You had mentioned the Nobel Peace Prize earlier. I have told many people many times, if we could teach everybody how to do the nurtured heart approach, we would have world peace. Mm. Right. Well, yeah. thank you. Thank you for, for I, cherish, I cherish that thought. And, and mm. Catherine, do you want to, um, uh, I, I sense that we're at a point that we need to close. Am I correct? We do. We do. Uh, do you want to tell anybody who's on this call who doesn't know how to, learn more about the Nurtured Heart Approach. Wow, um, you just reset me back to my intention of being prompt with my <laughs> agenda. Thank you. So thank I do you wanna... for handing that reset so well. <laughs> I do want to take a moment. Let's invite the listeners to become followers of the Nurture Heart Approach channel on Blog Talk Radio. They can follow us on Twitter, on Facebook by clicking on the icon, icons or links on the channel page. For anyone joining us for the first time or just wanting a great training starting point, there's a free e-course. Um, details for registration can be found at childrensuccessfoundation.com. We have an exciting podcast next month. We're going to be talking about how do we take Nurture Heart Approach and infuse it into the IEP process. Um, we have Veronica Coates, who's an amazing school psychologist, and Doreen O'Brien, who is a parent of two kids with autism and also becoming a new reinstated special education teacher. So this is going to be her world for sure right now. So that's next month. Thank you to all of our listeners for taking time out of your busy day to listen in. We hope you're inspired. Um, I'm inspired, and I just can't wait to hear more about what you all are doing out there in the world. And, Mickey, we should do coffee sometime because we're local. Yes, I would love that. (laughs) All right, you all. Thank you all very much. Appreciate it. Thank you, everybody. Um, Thank you. I'm so honored to be on this call with you, and we'll see you down the road a little bit. Blessings to you, Howie. I hope this becomes something huge with you in Sacramento. So stay fierce. Thank you. Okay, I will. And to all our listeners, we'll see you next month. We'll uh, listen in, and and we'll be um, having when we have our next podcast. See you then. Fantastic. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Any stories shared in this broadcast are amalgams of experiences based on the use of the Nurtured Heart Approach by our hosts and our guests and are not based on any particular person, child, or adult. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.